Welcome back to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Bergio. Today, I have an insanely amazing guest. Her name is Tony Thomas. She is an award-winning author, a makeup artist, and 500 amazing beauty-inspired things that you guys will find so much value in. Um, I'm so grateful that you introduced yourself to me on social media. It is another one of the reasons why I find social media to be so powerful. So I just wanted to welcome you to the podcast, Tony. How are you? I'm good, Jessica. Thank you for having me. I feel like the minute I found your beauty inspires beauty, I knew we needed to be friends. Totally. I knew it. Yes. And that's what I was just saying to her. I said, I, I feel we were doing numbers on how long we've both been in the industry and how long we've been, you know, in the game and whatnot. And um, it's been a lot of years together. It's been close to 50 years. She's got 30 plus and I'm 20 plus. And it's like, it just goes to show you how quickly time can go by. And that's one of the things that we just pre-talked about before we hit record on this was what we wanted to share with you guys as far as what can really be accomplished in this industry um, and kind of what we've seen happen in the industry around us with ourselves and kind of everything in between. So before we get started, Tony, I like to do a little like get to know you so our audience can find out a little bit more about you. Um, so can you tell us kind of where you grew up and like where you're from? So I grew up in a small town in Montana, and today I actually still live in that small town in Montana. When I tell you small, I mean super small, like 250 people. Oh my goodness, that is small. Super small. I'm sure there's an amazing um, thing that happens when you get to grow up in such a small town. I mean, I grew up in San Diego, so that's, there's nothing small about that. I grew up in a suburb that was smaller, but nowhere near small like that. What was it like growing up in a small town like that? I think when you grow up in a small town like I did, you you have a lot of room to dream and grow. You you don't you're not stifled by ex expectations of other people. You you live within your own little kind of dream world. Like I used to walk. So my walk. This is really a story. You know that story where your grandparents would say, "I walked uphill both ways to school every day." Right? Do you remember that story? So I actually walked a mile to school every day and home every day. And even in the winter, and I would sing songs and I would be free and I would dream about my life. And I always wanted to have a big life. Like, but how do you have a big life when you grow up in a small town? But it didn't matter to me because I believed, I believed I was destined for a big life. See, and that's where like, I find so much power in these conversations with other women who will say things like that out loud, because if you're listening to this and you are resonating with this, I have felt that same way my entire life. Like there was something bigger, better, greater out there in the world for me. And I just couldn't wait to figure out what it was. So man, there's a part of me that's jealous of that because I totally understand that. And don't you feel so blessed the fact that we did not grow up with social media? I mean, I, I'm I, <laughs> the ability to be compared against the person who is nowhere near you, nowhere like you have nothing relative with them. You shouldn't even know them yet. You're comparing yourself to their every day and to their set of standards. Yeah. Social media is this, uh, devil and yet it's this it's this diamond right so the devil of gosh I should be this and I should be at this and and I should look like this and I should be doing this and yet the diamond of 
social media, I'm sitting here talking to you today because of social media. And I get to connect with my children and my, I'm going to say this out loud, my grandchildren because of social media. I get to watch every move they make. I get to be a part of their lives. And I also like, here's an example of how great social media is. This morning, I had an amazing video call with a woman from Scotland. Scotland, without social media, would I have gotten to have that conversation? Absolutely not. In fact, after the meeting was over, she sent me this lovely message. And she said, Tony, it was so great to talk to you today. I'm so inspired. And she said, imagine this 20 years ago, it would have cost us a thousand dollars and we would never have met each other. And she's right. Remember the long distance bills? I do. My mom wouldn't let me talk on the phone. Yeah, you, know, you had to write letters. You had to write letters. Who even considers a letter today? A le do people even know how to write letters? They still count, FYI. Okay, so explain to us. So growing up as a small child, dreaming so big, like it's no wonder you've accomplished so much in your life because I feel like when you had that mindset instilled, did that belief poured into you, even if you did it for yourself growing up, somewhere along the line, even if we grew up with those thoughts, somebody, something, somewhere along the, told us we couldn't do that, told us to play small, taught us to show up not as loud, not as big, and you've accomplished not only authoring books, but creating courses and setting standards in our industry that most people don't even realize that they could accomplish. So how, how did you even get started A, in the industry? Where did that happen? Because you were beautiful. So was being part of the beauty industry just kind of embedded you? You love playing with hair. How did you, you're a makeup artist, that's right. So how, how did that even come to be? So you're going to laugh because I'm going to tell you my story. <laughs> you're going to go, no way. So I'm actually a I'm a business major. So business is kind of my thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I came home. I, I didn't actually uh, open my business while living in this small town. There's a, the, the capital of my state is 20 miles away. And I was working in a retail location. I, I had a business degree, but I had a couple of small children at home and I was recently divorced. And I was like, what am I going to do with myself? I'm, I'm still back to that. I know there's more, there's something bigger, right? Well, as it turned out, I'm working in this retail location and an, the space next door became available for rent. And I thought, hmm, what does this town need? What does, so I did my, a little bit of my small town market research, right? What, what does this community need? What can I offer this community? How can I use my business degree? And I thought, okay, I'm going to open the first salon and day spa in this community. Cause there wasn't a day spa at that time. It was the early nineties. And I, I did this kind of under the radar because, you know, it's, you're still afraid when you get to a certain age, you're young, you're not afraid. You get to a certain age in your life and all of a sudden you, you don't want to tell anybody what you're doing. You're afraid to tell people. So I rented the space. I started remodeling the space. And at the time I owned one acre of property. And then I revealed to my parents and my family that I was going to open a salon and day spa. 
and I needed to sell that one acre property to finance it. And of course, my dad was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? You never sell property. Do you know that, that mindset, right? You never sell property because it's more valuable than gold. And, and I said, dad, it's the only thing I have. It's the only asset I own. I'm going to create my own life and I'm going to do it by selling this piece of property. So I opened the salon, I opened the day spa, I hired a staff, I put, I, I literally hired stylists, estheticians. Um, now this is the 90s, so I had two tanning beds. Remember the tanning bed days, right? Okay, that thing we would never do now. Um, and then I went to school and I became uh, a nail technician, an esthetician, this was before my makeup artistry career started. So I went to school and got my uh, licenses for the state of Montana and I was in business. And that's where my career started. I sold one piece of property, one acre of property. That is the best story ever. Like, honestly, talk about burning the boats and going all in. Like, all in. you don't hear that, that type of a story very often. You know what I mean? You hear things out of necessity or need, or I wasn't happy here. So I, I said, oh, I could do it better. And I did this, or, you know, that's incredible. And I, I will be dead honest. And I'm sure you were successful. Um, I have a couple of people that I know in this industry that have a business background and they are by far the most successful small business salon owners that I know because they did it right. They did it. Yes the way it should be done, not based on emotion. And a lot of times it's hard to not run a business on emotion, especially when there's in this creative of an industry, because you have so many different personalities. Yes. It's hard to wrangle everybody in. Yes. But, you know, how did you have the mindset? How old were you when you opened the salon? Oh my gosh. I knew you were going to ask me this question. I was 29. I was 29. I had small children at home. Um, I actually lived in a rented apartment at the time. So I didn't even own a home. Um, my car was some old jalopy that I had, but I did own that piece of property and I was willing, you know, if you've, if you've read a little bit about me, I believe that people need to take a leap of faith on themselves um, because ultimately we, we create our future. Nobody can create it for us. It is us. And especially in this industry where it seems to be a dog eat dog world. We all think we're competing for the same customers and clients. And in reality, our customers and clients are competing for us. I love that. That's right? so they, true. We, we don't sell products and services. We sell us. Mm -hmm. We are the product. We are the service and we are the magic. We're the magic that brings people to us. And in today's uh, social media world, or whether you're doing marketing through social media, or whether, whether you're doing marketing through, um, you know, kind of the old school marketing, where you're, you know, traditional marketing, you're putting yourself out there, the only way you can do it isn't through selling products and services. It's through you, right? And your magic. No like and trust. And that is something that, you know, when I was thinking of getting into the coaching space and I was thinking of sharing what it was that got me to the level I was in this industry, I thought, 
how can I peel back the layers and yes. put it into a teachable format to share yes. with other people so that they can replicate and do something similar, not be the same, but do something similar, have a successful career, be happy, raise a family, um, own something one day. And I had to pull out all the things I thought needed to go in my course in my program, which were of course numbers and budgeting and finances and getting clients and all the things, but really what set me apart from the girl next to me who could do just as good of hair and the guy next to me who could do even better hair than me? Why was I busier? Why was I constantly booked and thriving? And what you just said is exactly that because I didn't pitch and sell products or services. It was yeah. me that was able to sell myself in a sense, right? Like old school guerrilla marketing. And this is where, yes, I know the young kids and I, I had to adapt too to getting clients on social media and, and kind of selling yourself in a virtual world. But, you know, never forget the power of connection one-on-one, -on -one, even if it's like this, um, getting yeah, out and introducing yourself to people, saying hello, starting conversations. Uh, old school, we called the guerrilla marketing back in the day. You know, it was where you actually went out and talked to people, passed your cards out. People ask, how did you build a clientele? I said, I went out and got them. I went out <laughs> and got clients. I gave my- I, I reeled them in. Yeah. I went fishing. You should let me cut your hair. You should let me cut your hair. And when I didn't want to talk to people anymore, I would put my business cards in their windows with a complimentary haircut with any color service. <laughs> I would walk through the parking lot at San Diego State and hundreds of cars later, you know, I'd walk through the campuses of the schools because that's the age I was. So, you know, when I see people struggling to build a clientele, you guys need to remember to go back to it is you that they are connecting with. And, you know, I mean, how many times have you had an accidental mess up on a client and they still came back because they trusted you enough to come back and fix it or work on it. They knew that they would rather see you and give you a second chance than to go somewhere else. So I love that. Um, so let's fast forward a little bit. So your business is thriving. Things are going well. Did you enjoy the process of opening the salon and building? Yeah, I did. Because at the time it, it, it fit into my lifestyle. I was a single mom and I knew that that career path would allow me on the days that I didn't have my children um, and they were with their dad, I could work 10 hour days, right? On the days that I had to pick up my kids from school or take them to school, it gave me the freedoms I needed to take care of my children, take care of my needs, and yet work really hard when I needed to work hard. So that was my foundation building period of my life, right? I was, I was a nail technician, a salon owner, an esthetician, and I was kind of just I had, I had a great life. I was building that foundation. And then I moved in. I think we all evolve, at least if we're not, we should be. We need to evolve into our next step, our next phase. And how do we get to that phase? Depends on how we decide to take our dreams, our passions, and our purposes into that next step. So what did that next step look like for you? So I got remarried and um, my husband uh, lived on the East Coast. And so my children had graduated from high school um, and I was kind of like in this spot where, okay, I guess I can be done with this life in Montana. Well, we weren't done because we still owned a home in Montana. Uh, and follow my husband on his journey, which was 
on the East Coast. And it was funny, Jessica, in the beginning, I was like, oh my, I was lost because I had this huge clientele. I had all these friends. My family were all in Montana. And so I kind of started doing this, writing books. I knew I had something to share. I knew I had something to offer, but I still, I, I'm gregarious by nature. I still needed to be interacting. Um, so I got into this world of teaching and yet I still wanted more. And how do you decide at the age of 45, I'm going to be direct and honest, how do you decide at the age of 45, you want to have more, you want to be more. So at the school, I was, I was teaching uh, aesthetics at, at night, and I was the daytime makeup artistry teacher at this aesthetic school, this really great school in Northern Virginia. And I was like, what is the next phase for me? What is the next step? And I was like, okay, I'm a great makeup artist. I'm really good at this. I'm artistic and I love what I'm doing now. This was my next step. What is a makeup artist? Where does she go? How does she find the top spot in her industry? And I thought, you know, I wanna be a New York Fashion Week makeup artist. And I knew nothing about it, nothing. I knew I had no connections, no relationships. I didn't even know how you became a New York Fashion Week makeup artist, but I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I'm obsessed. Okay, so we're gonna hop on an IGTV live after this because the whole premise of what I just talked about before I got on this podcast episode recording with you, this is exactly why <laughs> you guys, I, I, I preach all the time on my Instagram, on these podcasts, why you show up because conversations need to be had. You need to be able to talk about your story. You need to be able to share what you're going through with other people because you never know when the universe is going to drop a Tony in your lap to tell <laughs> you what your future is going to look like. Literally, I just did an IGTV about having a walk on the beach this morning, sitting down and finally getting the permission download to release my behind the chair business after 20 years. Like I've been wanting to retire. Last year happened. It was a chaotic craziness. And I thought, well, I, I can't do that now. I need to, you know, I'm so attached to this business that I've built. You were at that time with your children. How did you decide? Did you sell the salon? Did you, how did you give up the attachment to the clientele and the business that you had built? Were you able to sell the salon? I was. So I sold my salon. Um, and, but you give up your clients because I was moving to a new part of the country, right? So I was moving 3000 miles away. And so there was this decision of, I'm not, I'm not really interested in going back into the salon environment um, that would tie me down, that would connect me to another uh, brick and mortar building. I knew I wanted to kind of progress a little more. So therein lies the, I decided to apply for this teaching position at an at a Northern Virginia aesthetic school, um, where then I slowly um, started because of my business background. Of course, they wanted me to do a lot of stuff to help them grow their business. Right? You're like, um, 
<laughs> right? But bing, oh, she's a business major. So she's got great business skills. So I was teaching, I was, I was the operations coordinator. Um, I, I started doing the makeup courses and then realized that I even wanted more freedoms, right? So at that point, I stepped away from the school after, I think I was there for five years. Um, and then I became a freelance make editorial makeup artist and decided I wanted to chase that dream of being a New York Fashion Week makeup artist. And, and I did it. So it's, I did it. You got to walk us through that a little bit because that's a big going from teaching because I have a lot of friends actually who teach at the local beauty schools. We have amazing Paul Mitchell, the school here in San Diego. Um, and we have a bunch of other schools in LA and the surrounding areas that are high level academy schools that really, they get so lucky because they get to pick the prime students. And a lot of times they don't even allow them to go into the salon right away. They like hustle them away from, I have one girl who has been like an assistant with me here um, as she is going through, she was supposed to take her, her test and she's assisting with me. And now the school's calling because she's good. And she was licensed in another state. So she's already a hairdresser and they want to bring her in and have her be an educator. And there's part of me that selfishly is like, you need some behind the chair time, yes. but you kind of had it. So, you know, I know the opportunity to work in a school and, and I've seen the people that have spent time teaching in the schools and developing that um, ability to teach is huge. Cause it's one thing to be able to do the craft. It's a whole nother thing to be able to articulately teach the craft. And if you can teach it and teach business along with it, is that how you created what you've created in the coaching industry? I mean, like you've walked the walk, talked the talk, and now you're in the coaching space. And to back touch on what Tony talked about, her and I do something very similar. And yeah. it's motivating to me and her to find other people doing the same thing because connection, collaboration, sharing what got us to where we are, like, there's enough business to go around. There are enough beauty professionals for us both to be thriving coaches. There could be 5 million other beauty industry coaches and we could all be successful. Um, same with the, the hair industry or the makeup industry. It shouldn't, it shouldn't ever feel like that, which is it's still astonishing to me that people feel that way. I, I hope it's not as much as it used to be, but how did you break into the New York Fashion Week? So you didn't know anybody. I, I got to get this story because I, I know there's people listening that are probably like, I would love to do something like that too. I want to be, you know, on the stage teaching, or I want to be in the backstage just doing at fashion weeks, but I don't know anybody. How do I get those connections? What was your first call or who did you reach out to? So I was brave and I was bold. Yes. So, you know, I'm brave and bold and I take a lot of leaps of faith. Right. So I left this, I, I did, I left the school of aesthetics in, in Northern Virginia um, I opened up my own online school of makeup artistry. So I took a year, I created courses. Um, it's called the Beauty Academy. You can find it wherever you find me. Um, and I, I, I'm also a licensed instructor, obviously. So I knew that I could take my education background, teaching, and I could create something in the online space. So I am literally one of the, um, before the times of online makeup education started, that's kind of where my career in the online platform started. So I launched my, my beauty academy where I was teaching. 
but I was still a, at that point, a freelance makeup artist. And you asked me how I got to New York. I had never even been to New York. I had no connections in New York, but I knew I wanted to be a New York Fashion Week makeup artist. So I bought four tickets to a New York Fashion Week show because I didn't know, I, I did my research. Like, I don't know how, to, how it even works. I've never been to a Fashion Week show. So I bought four tickets. So I brought my two daughters and a friend and we flew to New York. Two of us from Virginia, two of us from Montana. We flew to New York and um, we attended a New York Fashion Week show. It was a Friday night show, the late show, which is kind of the premiere show. And then um, after the show, I knew there was an after party, mm. okay? So because I'm bold and I'm brave, and I am very much into doing whatever it takes to find out information, right? I said, okay, girls, we're going back up to the room. We had a back up to our hotel room. We're going to get all dolled up and we're going to this after party and we're going to make friends. And I'm going to ask questions because I want to know, I want to know how you get there. So we get to the door where there's a, you know, a guy standing, he's got, everybody's given their tickets to the after party of New York fashion, of this New York Fashion Week show. And we don't have tickets, we don't have a pass, but I have my two beautiful daughters and I have my beautiful girlfriend. And I'm like, dude, just let us in. We, we just want, we want to come to that. We went to the show today. We just want to come in. And he was like, okay, you, you can go in. Okay. Love it. So we get inside there and there's photo there's professional photographers, there's professional makeup artists, there are there are blog professional bloggers, there's beauty bloggers, there's um there were uh all of the designers from the show of that day were there. Remember there's three shows and there's probably 20 designers, so all the designers are there. But I knew there was one person at that party I needed to talk to. And he was the producer of that show, mm -hmm. right? Because the producer is the guy who makes it all happen or the woman, whoever it is, they make that show happen. And I knew that that person was the person who was gonna help me answer the question of how do you become a New York Fashion Week makeup artist? Yes. So, I, I am a no holds bar kind of woman and I just walk right up to him and I introduce myself. I tell him who I am. I tell him what I do. And I say to him, I want to work next year at this show backstage as a makeup artist. And he turns to me and he says, is that your daughter? And I go, yes. And goes, she's very beautiful. Is she a model? I go, no, she's a makeup artist. And he said, well, you know what? She should be a model. And tomorrow night, she's going to walk in the final show of my show at New York Fashion Week on Saturday night on the runway. And I said, 
absolutely. If you can tell me how I become a New York Fashion Week makeup artist, I will sell you my daughter. And you get four tickets for tomorrow night's show too. Oh my God. She's such an introvert. It took me all night to convince her to get into this dress the next day. Oh my God. And yet one month later, he invited me back to New York. We collaborated. He did invite me to his next show. But even beyond that, he invited me to lead a team of makeup artists the following year at his New Year's Eve fashion show. He invited me to lead the team. So I put together a team of makeup artists. We came back and we did his New Year's Eve fashion show. Holy shit. And you know what? Here's how it works. I'm still connected to this person. I'm connected to every person that I met backstage, every photographer, every journalist, every designer, every person, every hairstylist, every makeup artist. I am still connected to all of those people. And now when I, and I'm still invited five years later, I'm still invited back to New York Fashion Week every season. And now I don't just do his shows. Now I'm invited to other shows. So I run around town with my little makeup case, running from fashion show to fashion show, doing shows all over the city. So I'm usually there four or five days doing shows all over the city. Well, you know, the answer is always no, if you don't ask. So Tony, I'm an amazing makeup artist and I would love to join you next year, even if you just need an assistant to wash your brushes. <laughs> show up and go- Jessica, get I will show you how to get backstage at New York Fashion Week. Woo, let's do I it. promise to you. Okay, done, shaking hands on it, I love it. Oh my God, that is such an incredible story. And my takeaways right now are, this is exactly why I preach showing up as the highest version of yourself, being bold, being courageous, like taking chances, asking for that in. If you, if you think you know nobody, you always know somebody and putting yourself in proximity to the people that you need to be around, that you want to be around. It's like what I talk about, you're, you're, you're the epitome of the five people that you spend the most time with. If yes. you want to be in rooms with people like that, figure out how to get in there. Absolutely. You got if yourself you, to New York. You got yourself at a fashion show. You got yourself into an after party you didn't have tickets for. Oh, you got to find the producer out of hundreds of people. You made the connections that needed to be made. You're a girl from Montana who grew up around 250 people, but now you're running around New York like it's your playground. Like how many people can say all of those things? Like you would have never accomplished any of that if you thought, well, I don't know anybody. Right. The fun dream. That's our, that's our must be nice for other people who know people like that's the thing I hear most often is must be nice. She must know somebody or, you know, something was handed to her. That's the exact dream right there of someone who just had an idea and said, I'm going to figure out how to do this. I didn't know a single soul in New York. I had actually never been there. Um, and now I share that in my new course that I just launched my new book that I just wrote. You know, it's all about deciding that your purpose and your passions are powerful mm. because they're inside of you. I can't create Jessica's dream for her. Only Jessica can take her dreams into reality. 
And each of us has such a, such a power inside ourselves. And it's, and I told you earlier, we each have magic. People don't buy our products and services. They buy our magic. They buy our ability to connect and be real. Now, anybody could have went to a New York Fashion Week show. I took it one step further. No, three steps further, I think. Three. <laughs> so tell us about your book and tell us about your course. Does the course go with the book or is it separate? They're two separate things. Okay. So I, I worked the past year on, you know, how do I help other beauty industry professionals do what I've done? How does a small town girl from Montana have an international business? How do, how do you do that? How do you make it into the next level? How do you take it into the next level? And how do you actually fulfill your dreams? So I wrote this book called Rock Your Beauty Biz. Love. Okay. okay. And it is the ultimate guide to becoming a successful beauty business entrepreneur. And I literally, and like you, uh, it's a no holds bar book. It's, an, it's a no BS book. I don't waste your time telling you four chapters of la da 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 da. I get right into it. From the very first chapter, I'm going to teach you how to write a business plan. And, and that that business plan doesn't need to be some stiff, callous document. It needs to be a working, evolving document, right? You're a beauty business professional. You know that you're your business plan is constantly evolving. I also teach you how to market on social media, how to market in traditional marketing, and how to not be afraid at any age. Look, I'm 55 years old. I still put myself out on social media. I still market every day. I still do what I need to do to be successful at who I am. Oh, I feel so filled up just listening to you. You're inspiring <laughs> me so much. And beyond inspiration, you know, I think we can get filled up by listening to amazing stories, by getting to connect with you and hear your voice and just feel your energy. Like I'm a, like how you're saying they, they buy us. It, it's really an energy exchange. I feel like we get to touch people for a living. We get yeah. to make them feel prettier, look prettier, all of the things. Absolutely. Um, it's really a privileged industry that I, I feel so honored to be a part of. And when I get to meet other people who are as obsessed with it as I am, I feel like so fortunate to have fallen into this industry. I feel like you describing your time with um, owning the salon and being able to leave to pick up your kids. It's like, that's where I'm at too. I'm a single mom as well. And I left yesterday at two o'clock to pick my son up from school. Yeah. And it's, it's in those moments where I think to myself, I feel so lucky that I chose, I mean, I chose this career knowing that I would have the ability to control my schedule. And some days I work 10 hours and I see 12 clients and some days I see three people or I decide to take the day off. And it's, you know, it's so amazing to be able to be your own boss and to be um, in control of your business. Um, and I'm excited for people to be able to read a book like yours that can kind of give them some structure around how to set themselves up to be successful in this industry because with as much freedoms that come with what we get to do, if there was a set of structure 
plan layout book, like rock your beauty business to read when I graduated beauty school, I think I would have been even more successful in life outside of the salon. Because I think sometimes we get so caught up with the fast money. Um, this industry is a lot like working in the bar. I have friends that tattoo, personal trainer, the cash business where, okay, if I just go show up for a couple clients, I can make some money. Um, I think maybe like some, we're not taught the business strategies behind actually running our beauty business um, as like a full brain creative. I wasn't taught the business side. I wasn't taught what to do with the money and how to move things. And, you know, I really, um, I look back and think, man, I sure wish I would have had someone like you even as an educator in school. And it's funny that you mentioned that you did that for a few years because as much as I know, it's not going to pay the same way as working behind the chair will. There's a huge part of me that's always wanted to teach in a school and to be a part of the early stage of the, that, those kids' careers yes. to set them up, right? Yeah. Like part of me thought, oh, well, you need to open a beauty school because then you could change all the right. lives. And it's like, maybe I don't need to own the school. Maybe I could just be a part of the school and, and, and you know, feed them that way. And it would feed me as well. So um, thank you for giving me that, you know, guidance by sharing your story with your experience doing that. Um, I've loved talking to you. I feel like we need to come back around and can you tell us a little bit more of how people can connect with you if they want to see how you run your courses or do coaching with you? Absolutely. So I have an online academy. It's called the Beauty Academy and you can find the academy um, through uh, my, that that school is located at womeningear.com. So I'm all about women, womeningear.com. You can find me uh, on Instagram at Tony Thomas MUA. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Tony Thomas MUA. Um, you can find me, I, I sent you the link to my website, which is tony-thomas.org, which really, which really gives you that whole plethora of all of the things that I do. My books, where you can find my books, where you can find my um, academy, where you can book me for services, right? And really where you can get mentorship because I believe in giving back and mentorship is something that people don't do enough of and I want to give back. So if there is somehow I can help anyone who's considering going into the beauty industry or who was already in the beauty industry and they're struggling to make their, their beauty industry or their beauty and their beauty career successful, I want to help you. I want to see you achieve your dreams. I want to see you live your magic. I love that. You know, so normally one of the first questions I start with, but I got so excited was, are there any beauty industry, beauty myths that you want to debunk things that people think of our industry, people put labels on us? Is there anything that you want to touch on? I feel like everyone has like a slightly different answer. Well, I think the beauty industry, we, we get a bad rap. You know, people look at us and think we're not educated and they don't understand how many hours it took us, how many years it took us to get to where we're at. And the continuing education that we have to work on, on a daily basis to follow the trends and the curves. I mean, I look at you, Jessica, and I think, how in the world do you ever keep up with all of those hair changes, right? Styles that come in and out and go in and out. Um, you know, how do you stay up with those? I want to, I want people to know that this industry evolves so quickly 
each year that we have to be educated beyond anybody. Most professionals in the world don't have to take continuing education classes to even keep their licenses. Sure. Right. right? So we have to, we have to continue to evolve with trends and industry needs. We still have restrictions and rules we have to follow. You know, COVID taught us a great lesson on, look, our industry took a huge hit. Nobody took it harder than we did. You know, restaurants and beauty professionals were, they, they were brought to their knees. And so getting rid of those thoughts of what you think of your stylist or your hairdresser, your nail technician, your lash technician, she depends on you. They depend on you, right? The public to recognize that what they do is a very high skill level. I totally agree. I love that you said that. I love that you touched on that. That's one of the things that I, I pride myself on is leaving my clients better than they came in. And yes. COVID really showed us, you know, it was one of the first places a lot of my clients said that they had been in six, seven, eight months, especially my older clientele. Um, they hadn't left their house. They hadn't gone anywhere and they hadn't been touched by anybody. Right. Made to be afraid to touch people. And, you know, the trust level that they have with me and coming in and, you know, it, it's just, it really, this, I'm so grateful I didn't duck out a year earlier and that I'm still here to go through this process to fill the way I feel about our industry kind of on my way out as far as working, working. Um, I still am coming to New York. I still, those are the things I haven't even let myself dream on because of opening the salon and making sure that everyone on my team is supported and, you know, all of that. Um, I love that answer. What advice would you give to someone thinking about joining our industry? What, what would you preface them with? Um, because I think a lot of times people get into our industry and don't really realize the real level of participation, showing up, professionalism, all the things that it does require to be successful. The sacrifices, right? So this industry gives us a lot of freedoms, yeah. but we sacrifice a lot too. We stand on our feet, sometimes 10 hours a day. We give it all. We, we give our energy to those people sitting in the chair or sitting across from us. As I'm applying makeup now or doing skincare, I give my energies away, right? So, but I can tell you that for me as a beauty industry professional, Understanding the business side of this industry is super important. You own a salon. Um, you, you know that even if you have stylists working for you, they still have to build their own business, right? You can't create that business for them. You can book, you can book clients for them. You could have a receptionist who answers the phone and she takes appointments but it's still up to me, the beauty industry professional, to build my credibility, to build my career, and to collaborate with everyone around me and build my business. Because to go long-term, you have to do those things. Yes, and consistency is the answer Showing to all up. of that. Showing yeah. up, never be late. <laughs> Amen. 
Oh my God. And please come dressed. Prepare for the done. job that you are doing. I could die when I go into a, I mean, I've literally gone into editorial photo shoots with magazine covers where I'm one of three makeup artists and I'm the only one with makeup on my face and I could die. It blows my mind every time, even the 6 a.m. I, I, I tell you, I have a client I fly to the bay for. I will show up and she will have somebody else, you know, doing makeup or something and I come to do hair or whatever. And that person, no makeup, pajamas. And I'm like, have you lost your goddamn mind? Like people that I've worked with, I think to myself, it can't be that obvious. Like you chose the beauty industry. Pick another career if you don't want to put your face on. Absolutely. If we leave you with nothing else, at least yes, show up for the part. You cannot be expected Please. to make six figures in an industry looking like you just woke up out of your car. No, you cannot be a beauty industry professional without showing up looking the part. Love that. Let's leave them with that, Tony. Okay. Okay. So I will have all of Tony's contacts in the show notes. They will be linked. And uh, when I post everything on Instagram, it will be there as well. Tony, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. And I hope we can continue our relationship because that is what fills up my cup is surrounding myself with mentors like you. Um, I'm going to ask you one more question. Have you had any amazing mentors in your life that have changed the trajectory of your business in life? Have you have someone special to you or do you listen to special podcasts that light you up? Because I know sometimes when you're at that higher level, you know, where do you find your support and mentorship now? So I do. I, I actually have a wonderful uh, business partner. I am, I am the creative director of a magazine called Soul Style. Um, and I, I look to her to keep me, um, she's a realist and I love having a realist around me. She's also a fellow makeup artist and a professional photographer. It is those folks, right, who keep us grounded. She keeps me grounded. She keeps me level because I'm a dreamer, right? And I am a risk taker as we've all seen today. But sometimes we need to keep our feet flat on the ground. I listen to Allie Brown. I love Allie. Do you know who Allie Brown is? Allie Brown, I don't think I do. I love her. She just, she's just so down to earth and so real. Um, and, so I listen to podcasts like yours, which brought me to you and remind me that we are all in this together and together we can do great things. Success. I love that. Thank you so much, Tony. We'll see Thank you, you in the next one. All right, Jessica. Bye.